In the Blue Light, Part 1 Of course I knew the house was haunted. Once the stipend from my publisher had ended, I had no choice but to look for cheap lodgings while I finished my novel. And a haunted bungalow is as cheap as they come in this part of the world. The two-story building was a symphony of wood and laterite bricks. Pillars and ornately carved awnings, mute witnesses to the interplay of light and shadows on the red oxide floors. The sloping tile roof begrimed with moss was a canvas of neglect. The house only ever had temporary visitors, and it showed. Every corridor and chamber seemed frigid, like a body that had never known a loving touch. Within the first month, I was convinced that the rumours surrounding the house were true. The bumps and scratches at night, the sounds of anklets, snatches of laughter from the backyard where the well was located. Oh yes, the locals were not telling made-up ghost stories about the gorgeous Lakshmi who had died in the same well, or the other fatalities in the home they refused to openly discuss. One could argue that writers are prone to flights of fancy, and that my experiences are no exception. The idea that I was imagining things was dashed on the night the power went out in the entire district. I was floundering about in the kitchen in the darkness, looking for fuel and matchstick when a blue glow filled the house. I ran towards the room where I had set up a writing station on a circular table that also doubled as the dining table. An incandescent blue orb hovered about the table, emitting a radiant glow that persisted for several minutes before it vanished entirely. I was utterly shocked, and it took an eternity before I could muster the strength to move. At last... I gathered enough resolve to stagger towards the front veranda. I sat in the rocking chair, contemplating the events of the evening. What just happened was godsend. It was taking my attention away from the genuine tragedy that was driving the premise of my work, the suicide of my mentally ill ex-girlfriend. I hoped that by writing about our failed love story, I would finally be able to get through the grief of her suicide. That I would be rid of the horrible dreams I'd been having for over a year, in which she sat next to my bed and talked to me all night about how different our lives may have been. If only... I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to think of it. I figured that the intense focus on the traumatic relationship had left me in the state. It was too late to ditch the project. My future earnings depended on it. A subplot involving a haunted home might ease the mental burden, dissuade that dream wraith from being the sole focus of my artistic output. Writing about the tragedy that befell a liminal being might dull the pain of personal calamity. That night, when Suja arrived in my dreams, I told her about my plan. 
She laughed mockingly. It will be your doom, she said. The next day I took a bus into town to meet the real estate agent who had rented me the house. 